If you're innovating, creating, or making a difference, this show is for you. Welcome to Over Coffee. I'm Dot Cannon. Here on Over Coffee, we talk with artists and innovators about the process of changing the world in terms of what they do. For the students that come into the world, it's about being present in the learning. So while you're learning about that particular topic, you're actually in the gold rush, gold fields, or you're on the deck of a 16th century sailing ship. What I wanted to create was an experience. Educator and innovation specialist Andrew Wright is revolutionizing education by building virtual worlds to enhance physical classrooms. Andrew is the owner, creator, and lead consultant of Sydney, Australia-based EduMetaverse. And what this is, is a series of customized virtual worlds that allow students across the globe to explore and interact with any location imaginable through their browsers. EduMetaverse participants might travel to Mars or visit an ancient Roman city or maybe climb into a treehouse. And these can be either class experiences or virtual field trips. What they're experiencing in the virtual worlds can incorporate learning in several disciplines at once. And as students explore these virtual worlds, they're collaborating and creating content as they learn and share their knowledge. Andrew, before we get to talking about EduMetaverse, what first inspired you to make education, and not just education, but innovation in education, your life's work? I think, to be fair, it started around the time of the COVID lockdowns. We had, we were obviously here in Australia. It was it's pretty it was pretty harsh, and so we couldn't go into schools, and the students couldn't go in either. So we, we were looking for an alternative to Zoom, which we just realizing it wasn't working because we had a lot of students who were videoing little gifs of themselves nodding their heads, and then just going off and doing their own thing for hours on end. And I realized then that it wasn't working. So it came about from there, and just thinking that there is a need here for something that's going to engage them as opposed to just anaesthetize them. And I think it was when I realized that wasn't working, the Zoom sort of style of teaching that we found something different to sort of try and engage them, bring them back and having a sense of being present in the moment as opposed to being detached. When you had that inspiration, what were the next steps between that and creating what we have today with Metaverse? Uh, yeah, I mean, it was it was interesting. So I started thinking, okay, well, we could use the bog standard worlds that come with a lot of these pro, you know, a lot of these WebXR programs. And then I thought, but there's always for us using a particular curriculum like the Australian curriculum. We do things like Gold Rush and the First Fleet. And then I started thinking, wouldn't it be great if we could have those environments? So while you're learning about that particular topic, you're actually in the Gold Rush gold fields, or you're on the deck of a 16th century sailing ship, and and that sort of stuff. So that's where it came from. And then I just thought, oh, look, I don't have any skills. I don't know how to do that. And I think during the lockdown period, everybody had so much time that I just went onto YouTube and just learned through YouTube and a couple of people I could find. And I just, hey, look, I'm a teacher and a consultant, and I'm just looking to try and do something a bit different. And people just really were like helping out and saying, oh, yeah, come on, listen, let's do a little Zoom call. I'll show you how this works. And so over the space of like maybe three months, I sort of learned enough about Blender to be able to start putting things together. And it's over the year, it's just grown from there. And the world sort of starts to take shape, geared around whatever we're learning at the moment. So, yeah, it's quite addictive as well, building and making. And, you, and for me, it's great because I get to see it firsthand what I've built the following day, there's students in there 
walking around that world and experiencing it. So I get, so for many people, they sort of build stuff and probably never ever see it being used. I get the following day to see them running around on the deck or, or doing all these cool things. So yeah, it's a really interesting, interesting dynamic. Was Blender exclusively the resource you used? Oh, Blender. I'm probably going to upset all the Blenderites here and the people that love Blender, but it was really, it was so funny. When I first started, there's a guy called Yench who I met online. It was, he's an amazing guy and he's, he does his own stuff. And I sort of said to him, look, this is what I want to do. You know, do you think it's possible? And he said, yes, you need to use Blender. He said, but you'd be stepping over the dead husks of all the people that have come before you. <laughs> and at that, at that, I was like, oh no, that's, no, no, seriously. Anyway, yeah, yeah. He said, imagine going to get a spoon, but the spoon that you want is in one drawer that's wrapped in another drawer that's then buried into another drawer. He said, that's Blender. And he was right, but it's very complicated. And I'm not, I'm no spring chicken, but if I can do it, and my advice to anybody else is if I can do it, anybody can do it. It just takes a little bit of time. So yeah, so Blender was the... Really, I mean, there's other stuff too, but that was probably way above my pay grade. And I, I think I can just about focus on one program and learn the basics of that before going insane. So that's how it happened. I have had the pleasure of walking through Edge and Metaverse virtually and seeing a little bit of everything. It's amazing. But you're a whole lot more interesting than I am. What are people going to experience and how does it work? If you had never seen Edge and Metaverse before, how would you describe it? Yeah, that's a really good question. There's one I get asked quite a lot. And there's one that I think to myself, how would how do you describe it? I think then there's so many different answers to that. But for me personally, it's for the students that come into the world, it's about being present in the learning. That's the best way I can describe it. It's it's not a detached, like, you know, I mean, quite often I go to schools and it's like, here's a worksheet of the first fleet. And it's like, well, that doesn't wash in the year really 2022. And it probably never hasn't for the last 30 years of education, but it seems to be the way we keep doing stuff. So what I wanted to create was a, an experience. So if you come into one of the ED Metaverse worlds, it's an experience. You're going to learn in the same way that you would traditionally, but you're, the best way I can describe it is that you are present in the moment. So if you're learning about the first fleet, and I keep using the first fleet as an example, you are on the deck of that ship that you're learning about. Meet, walking around, seeing other students, you know, we can sort of bring into that live role play. We can bring in experts in the field who can come and join us on deck. We've got, I'm um, sort of speaking to the Maritime Museum at the moment about maybe having their experts come on board and talk to the students live in real time on the deck of a sailing ship or under the ocean or on the planet Mars. You know, so it's just sort of, it's an experience, firstly. And then what I've tried to do is capture the engagement that they're in there and that allows the retention of knowledge. So hopefully that's, it, it is hard to explain when someone says, what is it all about? But I think it, it is that. It, it's, it's just an experience that you will can, hopefully grab them. Well, you've got me curious because I was yeah. <laughs> earlier and thinking, well, here are names of people that I never knew. And now I'm curious to know the stories of the figures that you have standing around there. And you've got a lot oh, in of... The, in the, which one did you go, Which one did you visit? I saw a woman. Well, I was on board the Scarborough. And I oh, Scarborough. Yeah, yeah of a woman standing there, and I cannot tell you what the name was. Of the oh, woman. is it Mary, Mary, I can't forget Mary the name somebody. of Yeah, Mary somebody. She was a, the actual, obviously it's really, and this is a really interesting point, there are no photographs of these people because it was so long ago. I mean, you're looking at 1787, it's, it was a long time. So many of these people were, I mean, dirt poor, and there was none of that sort of capturing their image and stuff like that. So that's a representation of somebody 
And this leads me on to a really interesting point as well, because I've just worked out how we started to use, have you ever heard of artificial intelligence art, things like mid-journey and stuff like that. So what we're doing now is putting the prompts into mid-journey and Dali, a convict woman on the shores of Botany Bay, and it's creating the art, you know, as you would. So there's no, there's no images, but the artificial intelligence is creating these images, which we're now about to put into the world and boost that world. So we say to the students, no, there were no photographs, but we can recreate what we think, you know, and then sort of bring that in. And that lady existed in the real world, but she obviously, there's no, no record of her. There's no, there's record, but there's no images of her. So we can sort of bring in this representation of what we think it might be. So it's, it's crazy. It's, and it's so engaging. And that's what we're finding is if you can get that engagement, then you can get the retention. That's the key to what I'm trying to do, I think. In fact, you've just answered another question I had going through Edumetaverse because you also at one point have what looks like a gallery of fractured fairy tales. Yes. And you have AI art. And I was going, what is AI art? Yes, that's exactly right. That one was, that was, so the concept behind that is that in one of the year groups I teach, one of the topics is fractured fairy tales. So it's almost like taking a traditional story or traditional fairy tale and and just twisting it slightly. And it's like, write a story, write about, you know, it could be like the the three little pigs, except there's two little pigs and the wolf lives with them and that sort of stuff. So you're sort of changing the story. Tells. It's about getting students to be creative and to, to do their creative writing. And what we did was we asked them to think of a fairy tale and then to come up with a really descriptive sentence about it condensing it down to one sentence. And then that one sentence is put into the art generator and it created the artwork that you see in the gallery, which, which everybody's welcome to. It's open. You can... So yeah, so that gallery is filled with pictures created by the students' prompts. So for example, one of them, there's a picture of, which I thought was really interesting, of Red Riding Hood, but her hat has furry ears and on her clothing, there are elements of the wolf which was really interesting because they wanted the wolf. And these kids are in year six, right? Which is like 11, 10, 11 years old, but they have these incredible ideas. And, you know, they said, oh, well, you know, it's all about mental health and she's sort of struggling with the wolf inside. And it's, I was like, what? You guys are like 11 years old. And, and then their insight is absolutely amazing. And things that hopefully what we're doing is, is extracting that and allowing them to sort of express themselves in ways that, which is not possible before. And it, that's very special to me. And I think that's, yeah, it's quite amazing. In many ways, that's really brilliant because I never thought of Red Riding Hill and the Wolves anything other than a little girl going through the woods. And exactly. And, and that was it. And, and that's the traditional story, isn't it? And, you know, and I mean, it's a bit of a crazy story, though, why she doesn't actually recognize the wolf in bed. It's like, hello, that's, you're not grandma. Um, that's <laughs> a glaring oversight. But, but yeah, but and that gallery is open to the public, and you can and just it's uh, hopefully we maybe put the link in there for people to come and visit. But that gallery is actually three galleries. We have the fractured fairy tales, and interestingly, there's another gallery that we can just change the scene, which we ask the students to study famous artists and famous artworks, so like Degas, Renoir, Salvador Dali, and all that sort of stuff. And then what happens is. We ask them to create one last masterpiece. So if the masters had one more masterpiece in them, what would it look like? So we were able to put in there things like woman staring from window in the style of Degas. 
and it creates the image. And when you go into the gallery, you can see it. It's this woman looking out wistfully out of the window. And so we've, yeah, and that was amazing. It was like, wow, we're able to sort of recreate with technology something that doesn't exist. And their reaction to it is just amazing. So, yeah. That is incredible. People are going to want to see these galleries. I know I saw it on LinkedIn with you, but what's a link we can give for folks to check this out? Yeah, so I work primarily with Frame. So the link is framevr.io slash or backslash AI art. That's it. Framevr.io slash AI art. Yep. And depending on the day or depending on what we're doing at the moment, it will be one of three different galleries, either the Lost Masters, the Fractured Fairy Tales, or I think there's one more, which is just general AI art, which we just, when we first started, we were like, well, this is amazing. We just like made so much artwork and then we put it up on the walls. But yeah, so there are three galleries there and and they're welcome to come and have a look. It depends which one's on at the time. If I understand correctly, I've been looking at this on my desktop, but do I understand that if a teacher has headsets, we can just go into this and we're in 360? Yeah, that's, you can. And all it is, especially if you have like a Quest headset, you can go into your browser and type just the web link into the browser, into your Quest, whatever it is, headset you've got through through the browser and it will automatically create the environment around you in VR. And what you've just mentioned is really interesting because a lot of it is like, we don't actually use VR. We don't have, uh, so that's a price point for schools that prices them out. Like if they have like a $400 headset for every child, uh, I didn't want that to become a, a factor when they couldn't actually use it. I mean, I want everybody to sort of be able to come in and sort of experience this. So I use something called WebXR, which is basically like you said, just, just through a website. You can just click the link and go in and experience it as you would almost like a game, but it's the same controls and the same movement. So that's what the children are sort of, all over like they can just jump in there straight away and they're moving around the world with their little robot avatars and and what have you so the vr stuff does work but and i think it is interesting so i wrote on linkedin the other day that somebody was talking about our oh, vr this and metaverse has ruined vr and and i said i think you're looking in the wrong direction because i think vr as in with the headsets price points people out it's sort of you know, and you get a lot of adults are like, oh, I feel sick. <laughs> it's like, okay, well, I don't think you feel sick when you're walking around a website, you know, in that virtual world. So it's an interesting thing. I mean, is the metaverse VR? Does it have to be virtual reality or can it be just the experience of virtual worlds? That's quite an interesting question. And very honestly, right after I asked that, I thought, well, how many schools have $400 yeah. per student? Give them yeah, a not many, not many that I know. And so for me, the, the concept of the EDU metaverse and the virtual worlds is accessibility. So I'm hoping to work with some remote schools way out in Australia that don't have access to the Maritime Museum or don't have access to galleries and stuff like that. So it will hopefully bring them on board. I've got one which is, I just created a tree house, which has a little classroom in it and lots of hidden sort of secrets and creative writing prompts. And, and one of the schools that was quite remote out I think on the border of Queensland they sort of came in and you could just hear them they were practically squealing it was like and that for me is like a magic moment that I hear their reaction you know and they were saying they had retention problems they couldn't sort of keep children in school they just wanted to go out and do their own thing and she said the bell went and nobody wanted to go and and that for me was quite quite an emotional moment I think I spent so long and, and so much time sort of focusing in on these worlds that when you hear that sort of feedback, it is quite emotional because you, I always think as an educator, you, if you're not there trying to make a difference, 
I don't know, maybe you're wasting your time. And, and the big thing for me is it's never been about the money is that maybe I can push education forward and I can maybe make a difference. And that's quite important to me, I think. And hopefully this is doing that. The very best part is just that. When the bell rings, okay, everybody go home. Oh, do we have to? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which apparently has never, ever been heard uttered ever before. And, <laughs> and I might just say, okay, well, I'll leave it open for you. You guys can sort of, you know, and what I love about it is that we can leave it open quite safely because we can lock it down to a password or we can lock it down to a domain or we can just say that only you guys can get in here. You can't speak to each other after school, but you will be able to see each other roaming around. And so we sort of opened it up and then I could see there were, we've got things like PDFs in there that the kids could read. So when I went in and sort of checked on it, there were some students still in there just reading the PDFs, just their little robot avatars. And I thought that was quite sweet. I love that you're doing literacy. And yes, listening because we have a real issue with that these mm-hmm. days after COVID, especially. Now, I'm assuming that any teacher worldwide can access EduMetaverse. Am I correct? Yeah, I mean, at the moment, so it is literally just there for people to use. I mean, at some point, oh, I'm going to be totally honest, I'm going to have to monetize it because I've got to feed myself and I've got to, you know, and sort of just like survive so what happens is that if a school says oh look we want to we want to look towards future focused learning my job as a consultant is to come in as a consultant teacher to come in and work with that school and sort of say look, look let's do this let's do that and off the back of that the school gets the new metaverse it comes with me basically as a sort of teaching tool and and from that then they can use it so yeah so it's not open publicly to absolutely everybody some worlds are but some worlds obviously are it's, it's a way of saying like, if i if i'm coming into your school you get all of this and it comes with me sort of thing so yeah that's the best way to describe it if a u.s school were to want to get into edge metaverse about what might be the range that they would be spending for, let's say, maybe your ancient Roman market. And uh, yeah, I mean, to be fair, it's almost like if somebody wanted something like that, they can either they got two choices. It's either they can rent the world. So I'm happy if somebody says, "Oh, you know, it's like having for in the US, it'd probably be about 150 US dollars a week. You can just rent out the world and run around in it and and do that stuff. And if they wanted me to come on board and run lessons, that's a little bit more." But really, the price point is just like, you know, it's almost like you're renting out a classroom or a virtual field trip. That's the best way to describe it. So we've got schools at the moment that are currently in the first fleet world. They have access to it for a week and they'll pay for a week and they'll just run virtual field trips. All the classes in the school come in during that week and then that's it. And then their work is saved and they can just take it away with them. And then we'll reset it and start again. So, yeah, so really it's, the best way probably for schools to think about it is a, is a virtual field trip, like the Mars one. So we've got one called Mission to Mars, which has a lot of content in there, including 3D printing projects, maths activities, literacy activities. So I try and blend in lots and lots of different lessons all in the one world. And yeah, so if you rent it out for a week, only your class can, or only your school can come into it. But then you can fill up like a, an entire term's worth of work, pick and choose what you want to do. So yeah, virtual field trips, that might be the best way to describe it. So if any school is interested... Yeah, by all means, find me at edumetaverse.com.au and we'll sort something out. edumetaverse.com.au, as in Australia. I mean, the good thing is, like, time difference is obviously a bit of a killer, but, like, I don't need to be there. You can just jump in whenever you are ready to go yourself. So, and it's something that becomes just theirs for the week or however long they want to book it. I don't often talk about prices or anything, but just like you say, teachers have to eat too. And 
Yeah, I mean, uh, uh, there's no big company here. It's not like I work. I teacher is my company, and Edu Metaverse is my concept. But it is just myself and the dog. There's no, you know, it's, it's me with a passion for education and 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 sort of building something that I think will make a difference. But obviously, at some point, there has to be for nothing. And um, and it's interesting really because I do give away a lot of stuff. And and one of the things we're doing at the moment is a school in Mexico. Who I don't know if you've seen the Butterfly Sanctuary. We've got students from four different continents dropping in butterflies to bring awareness of the. It's just, it's just, and that's open as well. That's just frameVR.io/slash butterflies, and it is actually a, a butterfly sanctuary that just is full of students' butterflies. It looks amazing, and they've, so from all over the world, they'll drop their butterflies in there, and then I'll put them up, and it's yeah, it's quite cool. And there's activities that the kids can do as they come in, look at the life cycle of a butterfly, and, and that's totally free. Any school can come in, so from all around the world and share their stuff. And I'm always looking for experts. That's another thing as well. So I would love to find a butterfly expert. I'd love to find somebody who was in a, in a professor in butterflies or what have you to be able to lend their weight behind that. So as much as there are some paid stuff, a lot of it is out there for just waiting for experts to come in and assist. And that's well, that's interesting because my school would never have been aware of this other school. You know, one of them is in Australia, one's in, in Mexico. And they're never the twain shall meet because of the time difference, but they are creating content for each other. And I can't put a price on that. I think that's that's amazing. That is so exciting. I saw this. This was absolutely gorgeous. You said something like six schools are participating in this. Yeah, yeah. We've got about six schools now. And so every school I go to, I'm like, hey, do you want to do this? And they're like, yep, we do. And it's like they were then bringing their butterflies and some of them are making posters and so there's a lot of literacy activities where it's right about the butterfly. And my hope is that so a lot of the butterflies that the other students can use as literacy prompts. So for example, if you're not a native speaker of English, they could use the butterflies to describe, you know, to describe that butterfly and, and boost their language and stuff. Oh, this is a red butterfly, this is a blue butterfly, just basic English concepts that would allow them to be able to use other students' resources. And I think that's incredibly powerful because the moment you say to students, hey, look, you're making something that's going to change the world or that's going to help change the world, again, you can't put a price on that. And you, you, we can't give them a worksheet because that doesn't work. And I say to my kids all the time, you guys are going to be changing the world, but we need to give them the tools to be able to do that. My hope is that some of these worlds will spark that. And I think there were times when I was thinking, oh, what am I doing? I need to go and get another job. And then someone said to me, look, you talk about the butterfly effect and this is a child in Mexico. This is how this butterfly century started. And he said, this is a child in Mexico looking at your world and now saying that they want to get into conservation for the monarch butterfly. And then I sort of sit back and think, okay, that's maybe we're doing the right thing here. <laughs> so that was, that was a nice moment and a moment of affirmation as well, because if we can change these students or inspire them to be better or inspire them to be, the next Jane Goodall or the next David Attenborough or the next whoever or the next, you know, Greta Thunberg or whoever. But we need to give them the tools to do that. That certainly is a magical moment of affirmation. That is fantastic. Within the next five years, where do you really want to grow Edge Metaverse? If anything could happen for you, what would happen? <sighs> I, I don't, I honestly don't know. I mean, I ask that question to myself. I mean, I mean, if I was thinking selfishly, I'd like someone to buy it and then just be like, you know what, and then let's push this out globally. 
I mean, even in little things like my own department of education would be great. I mean, you can see that the schools are saying, why have they not got this? You know, and that's by the by. But like, I think overall, I would like to sort of see it pushed out everywhere and just used. But like I said, I'm sort of on that balancing point, which I can't keep giving it away for nothing. I've got a price point in. So, I mean, if a department of a school department in the US just said, you know what, we'll have it. And they could just take it and I could give it to departments and wherever, anywhere around the world. And then they could just sort of use it with their own content and fill it with their own curriculum. That would be quite amazing. What if you'd like to know more about Edu Metaverse for your local school? You can find me on LinkedIn under Andrew Wright and under Edu Metaverse and iTeacher, which is my own company. If anybody wants to reach out, by all means, just find me somewhere on social media or on Facebook and whatever. There's a YouTube channel of all the videos of the work I'm doing. So I'm more than happy to talk to anybody about it. Literally 50 worlds now. And I wonder whether I've just gone insane building and creating, but each time when you speak to the students, like, what have you built? What's next? What can we go and look at? So it's like, they'll say things like, oh, it would be great if we had a space station with all the planets on it. And I'm like, ah, okay. <laughs> and then I, I go away and I make it. And they're like, and they're, a lot of the time it's their ideas that you'll see in the worlds, like the butterfly sanctuaries, they wanted the dome with the glass and they're like, I'll take the glass out of the bottom. We want to walk around outside and I was like, okay, all right. And it's, could you put in, and then there's a farm, a little farm one where the, you can go and learn about over here. We do farm to plate, which is a topic. They wanted a farm. So I built the farm and, and one of the kids was crazy about airplanes and he was like really excited. And the following day we crop dust. I say we, I use the Royal we, I put a crop duster in there just in the top corner and he came in and she said, oh, I've never seen him so animated. It was because his idea was there in the world. And it really is just a sketchfab model and I don't make the models and you use whatever you can to create the content. And um, yeah, it was there in the world and his face just lit up and I was like, okay, that's quite cool. That really is. I'm trying to think back to a time in school when I was that excited about a worksheet mm. and I can't, and I'm sure no. you can't either. No, not at all. And, that, and that's it. Like the only time I think ever, I was ever excited at school was when we were doing PE or when we're out on a virtual, on an excursion, or, and that's basically it. But going to school and getting, when they would say to me, go and get your maths book out and just do pages seven to 12. And you're like, really? Yeah, so maybe behind the whole thing is maybe that experience that I had and trying to not recreate that for others and give them something that would, that makes a difference maybe. What about working with a teacher who's maybe a little bit tech shy? We have a couple of twin blocks here. One is money and one yeah. is, well, we've always done it this way. How do you get around those obstacles implementing something like Edge Metaverse? Yeah, so that's basically what I've been doing for the last 10 years is working with teachers and many of them very reluctant to change. And so I think so part of what I do is say to them, look, you don't have to take absolute control of this. You don't need to be the font of all knowledge. And I work on a concept that, and even last week I was in a school, a new school, and, I was, and the teacher was like, oh, I'm not sure. And I just said, look, just watch. I said, don't get involved. Don't feel like you have to touch. I said, your one goal today is, to, and I work primarily quite a lot with iPads. And I said, don't touch any of the iPads. And if anybody asks you for any help, just palm them off to another child. And she said, oh, I can't, I can't do that. She said, I can't do that. I said, if you don't, I said, you are robbing them of any success. I said, then you're going to have 24 kids all lined up in a row behind you, all asking for help. I said, if you take away 
that you have to be the font of all knowledge, you can become the facilitator and your role changes. You ease the pressure off of yourself and they will love you for it because you are making them, empowering them to become the leaders, to train each other. So, and this works with kindy right the way through because I worked with kindy to year six, right the way through, we use the same technique. And lo and behold, she was like, oh, I didn't think it was going to work. And I said, well, you might have the first two or three minutes, which is absolute pandemonium. I said, but every single time, every single class will always settle and will always find a way to help each other. And that leaves you away from the actual stress of having to know this app or that app. And it's exactly the same with the metaverse worlds. All it is is a case of that, you know, you just show them, here's a plus button, drop in a picture or drop in a video, and then it's your content. And then the world will just, they'll just come in and be working around that world. And you don't need to, you don't have to worry about it. It's just something that you sit back and just absorb and just go in there with them and learn with them. You know, you don't have to be, no longer do we have to be the font of all knowledge because what's happened is that their technical know-how is here. And for many teachers, their technical know-how is here. So if you actually say that you let these kids become, we call them bosses. So every school I go to in the morning, I'll say to them, right, okay, I'm looking for three bosses. And they're like, Boss, I said, but you don't know what a boss is. So bosses are learners, doers, and helpers. And they're like, and I said, and if I can find three bosses, that's who you all go to and ask for help. I said, and maybe I'll add some more bosses. And then all of a sudden, you've got a class full of bosses. And I said, who could help the teacher? And oh, I can, I can. That's powerful. You know, so that's how we work, taking the pressure off the teacher. Plus, that's the most incredible leadership advice right there right i mean it's if, if somebody at school said to you remember when you were at school and somebody said okay you're the monitor for milk bottles or whatever nonsense it was you're like oh i'm the monitor for milk bottles and it's just so crazy but for kids it's so powerful and so empowering and i'll tell you what i find really really interesting as well is it's not always the incredibly bright ones with the maths and the literacy it's always the creatives it's always the kid in the corner of the teacher says, oh, I'm really surprised about that child. I didn't realize it would. Yeah, and they come to the forefront because it's something that they're not normally picked out for. And all of a sudden they grow and they're like, oh, wow. I'm like, yeah, you're amazing. That's fantastic. You can be my boss. And sometimes they look at me like, me? I'm like, yeah, you. You're, I said, what you've done. It's amazing. And you just see them go, just puff up. It's just like, and that for me is a magical moment. And then when the teacher said, I was, I'm really surprised. I didn't think it would be Sarah or James because they just don't say anything in class. I'm like, these are the ones, these are the ones that sit at the back quietly. They, they absorb everything, but they're not the loud ones that, but they just have this inherent knowledge and understanding and they'll help others because they quietly explain what to do. It's, it's yeah, it's amazing dynamic. It's yeah, it's, it's quite amazing to watch. I would love to see what happens to these kids in 10 more years when they're at Microsoft or they're at Unity or they're someplace else cool as a leader. Yeah. And you know what? I've been doing this now for 10 years, over 10 years as a consultant slash, I mean, we were one of the first schools in Australia to have the iPads one-to-one, which is quite amazing. And then I went on to sort of work alongside Apple as an Apple learning specialist and, and sort of go out doing stuff like that. But when I first started, we had no Wi-Fi. We had to, I was in Cairns in Australia. We pinged the Wi-Fi off a mountain, off a satellite dish, begged, borrowed, and steeled for it to get this technology. Those kids now are married. They were in year six, seven. They're now married and in the job market. And what is really, really interesting 
is that I heard from one of them the other day, and it was um, we were using the technology a while back in in London, which is where it all started. And one of the amazing things was this kid I met said to me, I won't say his name, he said, I'll be in prison like my brother. Anyway, so dumb man, I said, what? No, you won't, not on my watch. And he said, oh, what's the point? Blah, blah, blah. And he's incredibly negative. And there was a moment when I thought to myself, look, okay, so what are you into? And he was like, oh, nothing. I said, you've got to be into something, right? So, and it was music. He liked making music. So we started to bring in garage band and incorporate the maths through music and do the garage band stuff. And he was making these tunes. And I left the school. It was this moment, I'll never forget the moment when I left and I was emotional because these kids had it tough. You forge that bond with these students because they, you haven't left them. You know, this is quite a rough area and, you know, they, they knew you were coming back the next day. So school was a stability for him as well. And he spent the entire two years I was with him just being so naughty. And then the day I left, he came up to me and he was in tears. And I thought, What? don't do this. And he was like, he was in tears. He said, oh, you don't have to go, do you? And I was like, yeah, yeah, I've got to go. I said, don't even, like, and he was in the year six and he was like, oh, quite emotional. I thought, you've been two years, you've been an absolute nightmare. Wrapping this story up, about a couple of years ago, I got an email from him. He'd obviously found us somehow and he said to me, boy, <laughs> Mr. Wright, I just wanted to say thank you. And I was like, this, oh my God, I know who this is. And he said, here's a picture of me. And I said, okay, I was looking at it and I was reading it. And it was a picture of him in Ibiza. And he was had his hands up like that. And he was DJing for thousands of people. And I just can't even, and I get quite choked up talking about that because, yeah, you put, you can't, I can't, it's magic. You know that just something that, not you, but just, taking the time to find these kids that aren't necessarily the be all and end of academically. There's, there's something in everybody that is, you just need to, it just, you just need to activate. It's, it's hard to explain. And when he sent that, I just thought, okay, this is it. I, mean, I know now that what, what we're doing here is, is something crazy special. Magical. Yeah, yeah. And and it is just leveraging the technology. And I think you're doing them a disservice if you don't. I'm not even talking about the EDU metaverse world. I'm just sort of like little things like create, not a little thing. I mean, the biggest thing, the creative element that is missing across schools. And everything I do has that thread, like a huge rope of creativity right the way through it. The maths, the science, the geography, it's all geared around creativity so that when they're doing it, they're constantly making as well. So, you know, I've got one world. It's a maths castle. Come in and use the block and build and stuff like that. It's just, yeah, it's got to be creative. It has to be because what's the alternative? You know, every single job that you look at, everybody's saying the same thing. All the big companies, Google, Microsoft, everybody, they're saying we need creatives. The world needs creatives. And, and I think a lot of the time, the one thing that's smashed in schools and crushed down is creativity. And that's, probably what I'm trying to change one school at a time. <laughs> My final signature question for podcast usually is if people can only get one thing from you about innovation, creativity, and making a difference, what would you want them to take away from what you're doing with Edge Metaverse? That's a really tough question. I think ultimately, if I couldn't, it would be that if tomorrow, you know, it was all done and dusted, it was that someone would turn around and say, oh yeah, that made a massive difference. That made a difference to me. 
that made me think I want to do something that I'd never thought of before. So for me, it's about giving the students something that they can hold and take away and be inspired by and go off and change. I mean, this planet wrecked it for them. And I said to them, I can't, I can't fix things. I wish I could. If this is my gift to you, that you can go and use this to be able to create and innovate and, and engage and inspire in my gift, but I can't fix the planet. You're going to have to do it. We've messed it up for you and you are the ones that are going to have to fix it. But we have to give them the tools. And I think the takeaway from this is if I can give them a 21st century education or I can make education just a little bit more interesting or engaging, that would probably be the takeaway from what I'm trying to do. Andrew, thank you for your time today. (laughs) No problem. Thank you for listening. You and I have been listening to Andrew Wright, educator, innovation specialist, and creator, owner, and lead consultant of EduMetaverse based in Sydney, Australia. As Andrew mentioned, EduMetaverse currently contains more than 50 virtual worlds to enhance classroom curricula. You can experience some of the free content to which he was referring when you check out Andrew's LinkedIn profile, where he shares links to some of the worlds, including that gorgeous butterfly world. And find out more about EduMetaverse at EduMetaverse, that's E-D-U as in education and then metaverse, dot com dot A-U for Australia. That's edumetaverse.com.au. And that concludes this edition of Over Coffee. Thank you for listening. Listen to more Over Coffee podcasts at twomavericks.com. That's two, T-W-O, Mavericks, M-A-V-E-R-I-X. And you can contact us at twomavericks at gmail.com. The music you're hearing is royalty-free production music provided by Pond5 at Pond5.com. I'm Dot Cannon. Here's wishing you a cappuccino day.